sun is coming up slowly I didn't read any lost stuff sign on mine God knows I'm not holy And decisions we make and how we spend our time But I got faster and faster And you got harder to please and you got harder to find And our prayers were answered But we wrote these songs and we lost our minds And all our most brilliant friends are doubting themselves Let's restart this thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're good on your, you're good on your. Then. I'm good on my end I, now. I meant to, uh, I meant to actually tell you that I was living on the edge and not doing a third record this time. <laughs> <sighs> uh, hail to wherever you are from. This is friend diagram, a fishbowl or an astronaut's helmet, depending. Uh, I'm Ian Riley, and here with me this and every week is a man who messed up his side of the record, which doesn't really make up for the fact that I'm an hour late. Uh, Mr. Rob Walls, hi, Rob. Hey, Ian. Thanks for having patience. It's <laughs> nice to have such patient friends. <laughs> uh, this, this feels like a very Nick-style joke, wherein you just say the exact same thing that I said, but it infuriates me in a way that I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i don't understand how i have nowhere to be and yet i still feel like i have no time for anything and i'm always late i mean i get that i didn't have anything to do today but work a little bit extra and i didn't start making dinner until 7 p.m so like yeah oh uh, what'd you what'd you have for dinner tonight rob pasta alfredo with uh some spinach nice a quarantine staple that is shelf stable and very good. Tell me, tell me more. What are your other quarantine staples? Uh, white bean and kale soup that we've been making, bibimbap, jap chai. Although we haven't made jap chai in, in a while, um, stir fries. Those are our usual ones. Pasta with meatballs. Uh, the bibimbap sounds delicious. What are you? What are you it's cooking so that good. in? uh you mean like spices or like what vessel what vessel uh we've got like a wok that we picked up i forget if it's one that i had or if it's one that we picked up at a thrift store or something and more importantly are you on gas yes <sighs> thankfully i i don't want to ever have to cook on an electric range i've gotten so lucky knock on wood <sighs> yeah um i'm living that electric lifestyle and hating it <laughs> Just everything is more difficult and takes longer. At least it's better than the um, the glass top stoves that are take longer and are like impossible to keep clean. That's the one. And oh, and no. if you have a skillet and there's like a little walnut or a little like peppercorn or something on the top, then it is now a scratched glass uh, yeah. uh, range. A uh, a range made only for showrooms and uh, HGTVs, <laughs> like shows it's a it's a great you know as long as you're only going to be putting cardboard on top of it and not turning it on it works great <laughs> well it's perfect just make a whole bunch of microwave meals anyway and then it's good don't worry it is it is pretty weird that um it's now been long enough that even though we live within 10 minutes walk of each other 15 minutes walk of each other that i forget what kind of stove you have <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I forgot what kind you had. Right, you're um, right. Exactly. Also, yeah. 
that that's exactly what I'm saying is that there's so much unnecessary info that I'm still losing out the side of my head. <sighs> I don't know if I could um remember the right amount of pressure to get your outside gate to close without slamming anymore. I I live here and I still cannot <laughs> I still cannot oh, do that. At least I'm in good company. Yeah. Yeah, I feel I feel like I'm on an upswing recently. Um and and that's another thing is I think it's been f- fun's the wrong word, but there's no right word. Uh fun how quarantine has now been long enough that uh there has been time for multiple rounds of feeling worse and then feeling better. <laughs> oh, it's an interesting thing to say the least like that it's now what over it's six and a half ish months. Yep. Um, that it, it's the kind of thing where you can now identify like a cycle. <laughs> Although I'm not really sure that how much it's tied to external events or not. I don't know. Things do suck. Yeah, I mean things suck in general. So it's sort of hard to like disconnect that from. Um, maybe it's just because it's been like. I don't know, two months since I left my house for something other than groceries or to go pick up takeout, which I guess is leaving my house for, well, it's leaving my house for food. Uh, last week, I, uh, so so a, a semi-recurring topic has been things that you miss like very dearly during quarantine. Um, and a lot of the time it's been, I, I've been more interested in, this is a weird thing, but something I was specifically thinking about last Sunday was I was, I don't really get hungover, but I was terribly, terribly hungover. Uh, and I just wanted so desperately to pick up a three-day sandwich and come sit on your floor. <laughs> like, that seemed that seemed like a perfect morning. Just like me and Marissa and you and Jackie chilling. I did half of that. I sat on my floor. Well, I mean, I guess I did all of it. I got three-day sandwiches and sat on my floor. Um, I can confirm it was very good uh, as far as being hungover goes. It sounds so good. Yeah. When realizing that 3J's was open for like phone orders and I could get gluten-free sandwiches in there by phone orders was such a like a good revelation because um, I've been missing that for so long. Yeah, because even like, you know, it can take like 12 or 15 minutes to get a sandwich from there sometimes. So uh, I'm glad you don't have to like stand in awkwardly in or outside waiting yeah. for it. Yeah, no, it's pretty nice now. I discovered something over quarantine that I hadn't had just never thought about, which I think I've told you already. But um, if I don't go outside in the summer, I don't need socks. Like if I'm not wearing long pants or going to somewhere that's fancy, like I didn't wear socks for two straight months. You're you're really going rustic. No, it's just it's or bohemian, maybe. Uh, I think it's just too hot. Like my um. The office that I'm in all day is south facing, so we get a lot of sun, so it's warmer in here. So I just can't wear socks. Are you still Are you still getting up and showering every day? For the most part, yeah. But that's also because, like, if I don't do that, I have a really hard time like focusing or getting any work done. That's so interesting. That like I know I say this every time I ask, which is every time we record. <laughs> but that's so interesting that you're still keeping that up through the course. It's it's the only. Um, like semblance of normal routine left well that's not true every other monday is now um laundry day and that's routine which i do really like i don't mind uh you know being able to work from home and just duck out to do all of my like five loads of laundry 
there are so many things where I'm just like, man, I would love five minutes in the middle of the day to do mm. this. That seems that seems so nice to be able to start laundry at like two, turn it over at three, and then at four, four thirty, fold it, and then it, you're done before dinner. It's so nice. It's nice too that well, it's a double edged sword that like our dishwasher hose broke months ago and we don't want to have anyone out to replace it because it's just like so unnecessary like it's like a little bit less we're using more water but it's not that bad yeah but like it's a double-edged sword now that quarantine has created this problem where i can't get my dishwasher fixed but also created the solution in that i can just stop work and go wash dishes like Man, that is we we've talked before about the thing that I've turned that I've uh uh called sin tasks, which are like before when you're living in a place and you just don't do a thing and you know that it would make you feel better and would not be very much effort. Marissa and I had a very similar thing where we had a bunch of random apartment stuff, but we didn't want to have any sort of like handyman maintenance person come out. Uh and boy, we we've been chugging through them recently. We've been having the guy come out, and he sucks so <sighs> bad. <laughs> yeah, it's having maintenance come out is like not fun. What what makes this guy in particular like bad? Um, honestly, a lot of the same stuff that would make like coworkers bad for me. Where um, there's like a portal online, and I'm not going to mention my development group. Uh, that that owns our apartment because it is in the lease that I cannot bash them on social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so mystery mystery uh, development group here in Philadelphia. Um, they have this web portal, and on the portal you can submit all this info about like things that ne- you know uh, maintenance that you need done. And I submit really detailed like tickets. And I include pictures and I say, here's exactly what it is. And I say, please, if you're coming during this time period, call this phone number before you show up. (sighs) And inevitably, they show up at like several days later without calling. And the first thing when they come inside is they have no idea what it is. It's like my landlord gets the ticket and then he tells the, the same handyman that always comes, maybe the title. And they just have no clue. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So the anyway, there's birds living in our apartment. <laughs> not like like in a vent or something, right? Not like in your apartment. In, in vents. Okay. That's better. In vents, but more in the apartment than they should that's, be. Yes, that's true. Um, let's see. We, there was a rainstorm tonight, and our roof is leaking again. Which is saying uh, which, something because you're not on the top floor, right? Oh, we are. okay. We are. I'm sorry. I thought that there was another apartment above you no 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 yeah see you forget i do i the thing is i remember that there were people above your apartment at some point but that must have been the roof deck yep 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 but yeah all sorts of all sorts of little sin tasks around the apartment i just cleaned um the office area in the first time in what is too long um but i put a bunch of new stuff up on the pegboard which i think is really fun and i'm really i just love the way it looks but yeah, mostly everything sucks and is bad. <laughs> That's the world. Yep. Yeah. I'm trying to be a little optimistic in hoping that this is the worst year of my life. I mean, it's... I Yeah. I am also hoping optimistically that it is. Like, it's... There's clearly ways that things could get worse. 
but yes. I'm hoping that it doesn't go there. It is it is astounding the number of new bottoms we have found this year, huh? Yeah, it's just every new thing that comes up and like could be worse. It's like, well, at this point, just kind of you have to look at it and go, yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> just unsurprised by pretty much anything at this point. That's ah, I I so fully agree with you, and I'm so scared of becoming that person. I mean, you could still be like it's still hits me i don't think i'd say i'm like apathetic to it yet but like i'm now no longer surprised when a bad thing happens you know yeah it's just been such a such a confluence this year i'm sorry by the way that we're running so late and that you can't watch the presidential debate i know you've been really trying to make up your mind who to vote for this year yeah it's just been really front and center on my mind definitely on the fence um for sure um, uh, but it's fine. I'll just read a annotated transcript tomorrow and that'll make me an informed voter. That'll <laughs> definitely, definitely push me off the fence one way or the other. And I definitely, I haven't already picked a, a candidate. Um, it is weird that you're voting for Jill Stein again, because you didn't even vote for her in 2016 when she was running. Jill Stein was green party. Yeah. Yeah. It's also weird because they got kicked off the ballot here. <laughs> So I'm I'm writing them in, I guess. Yeah. It is really it is really strange that I'm a, on a, a three way fence between the Constitution Party, the Libertarian Party, and the Green Party. That's it's that's the strange fence that I'm on, and I'm not really sure why the debate between Trump and Biden's going to push me off of that. But I don't know. Well, maybe you'll just see all the all the fun tweets from your respective parties talking about how both parties <laughs> suck, which they do. Don't get yeah. me wrong, <laughs> they do, but. <laughs> We're no longer being facetious. <laughs> but also, please vote. Like, it's it's literally the least you could do, but also please do the least you could do. Yes. It's, yes. Oh. Such a small request. Oh. Um, so I've decided, uh, Rob, uh, I had this idea four years ago and didn't, didn't act on it. So now, finally, uh, through our podcast... I am going to I'm going to create an election hotline. Okay. Uh, and we're gonna have a group audio diary. Uh, I'm going to uh, put put it in your phone. Uh, call this number, which future Ian is gonna say now two one five six five zero seven three nine seven. That's two one five six five zero seven three nine seven. Uh, and if you call that number, it'll be an answering machine. Uh, and when you call. And leave a message. We will edit it into a podcast. Uh, I figure we can do one pre-election, maybe one like election in the week after, and then if there's any interest, uh, then I will keep it open through the inauguration. Okay. But just for for little bits of like, hey, here's how I'm feeling right now. Okay. Cool. I like it. Yeah. I'm gonna be hopefully, fingers crossed, limited my ability to do that on election day. I um signed up to be a poll worker and they haven't gotten back to me yet because Philly's way that they select poll workers is the most impractical system ever. So you never know. One, that is very cool of you. Two, can you tell me more? Um, yeah. So Philly, most of Philly's poll workers are elderly. So they are in a position where they should not be out and about this year due to COVID. 
So there's a big staffing shortage at the point that I signed up. I think they had they needed about 8,000 people to work polls and they had about 4,000 people committed. So you sign up and there's ways that you can do it normally, which is like you get your um, like neighbors to sign a petition that lets you get on the ballot to become a judge of elections or something like that and people vote for you. And if those spots don't get filled, then the county like board of elections goes through like a list of people that just put their names in the hat to say like, oh, hey, I'd be down to work and then call you and see if you'd still be down to work. After that, it goes to like a court of common pleas judge who actually appoints you. And the process takes forever and is super like inefficient and really, really archaic. And it can be done so much better, but like it just isn't. And the result of this all is that you can get a call like two days or the day before the election and they'd be like, guess what? (laughs) With no, like, they try to place you like in the district that you vote in, but if they're short on people, you could live in like Southwest Philly and they'll send you to Northeast Philly, like just all over the place. That is a a nightmare system. Sounds terrible. Um, Honestly, sounds really awful to like have to deal with on the back end. I'm glad that my part in it right now is just wait. Let's, we both know I'm very smart, right? Very intelligent, very smart, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, let's mm-hmm. let's pretend I'm not, and I'm not really sure what the importance of a poll worker is. Um, poll workers help to check people in, like oh, get them ready okay. to, like the, you, they're the people that like confirm that you can vote in the district have you sign in direct you over work them actually like work and correct the machines when they have um uh like issues um provide people provisional ballots and things like that and there's some edge cases too where you have to like tell people they need to go down to like the main office in city hall if they for some reason can't vote in your district due to like a weird not being able to accommodate a disability or something like that um but basically the nonpartisan election officials behind the desk okay i for some reason when you said poll worker i i'm very smart but i thought you meant uh like standing outside and asking people who what they voted for oh no that'd be like um a uh like an an exit exit polder and then there's other people that are like poll place watchdogs kind of thing which is like you stand outside the polling place and make sure that no one's like being interfered with while they're in line outside um, and that people are respecting the rules of like, you need to be a certain number, I think it's like 10 feet away from a door and you can't like distribute any campaign information there. And then there's also the confusingly or similarly named poll watchers, which are like official campaign designated persons that can go and actually be inside the polling place and like observe things. There's a lot of different roles. This all seems very easy and straightforward. Um, I am 100 pages into training, and I have two more trainings on <laughs> Thursday, and there's so much. <laughs> there's so much information to digest. We're like, what, 40 days out? I think less. Less? I think we're um, 35 days. Five weeks, huh? Yes. Weird. I know. It's uh, It doesn't feel... It feels both very soon and in eternity away like yeah <sighs> really snuck up on me this year i haven't bought my gifts um <laughs> i don't even know what i'm gonna do 
I mean, it's uh, probably the kind of holiday that it's better to see how it goes first and then buy the gifts. Man, I was that, you know, four years ago or whatever, I was like, man, next time I'm going to take off the day after and we're going to have a big party either way and like either grieve together or no, just no, don't even don't even have that anymore. I um I still plan to like take off this year because I knew I wasn't gonna like be in a fit shape for work the next day either way regardless. Um, but now I'm really glad I did that because it. I mean, if I get selected to be a poll worker, um, there's like a really good chance that turnout's gonna be super high this year. Um, a really good chance there's gonna be long lines, and you have to keep the polls open. Like you have to keep processing people in line as long as they were in line by 8 p.m. That's um, good. It, it is good. Um, and it's like the right way to do things. But because of that, if you have like a three or four hour line at 8 p.m. when the polls close, which is a possibility, it's not super common in Pennsylvania. That's like more like places like Georgia that are like actively limiting polling sites. Get that. But like if that happens, we wouldn't be done taking people's votes until 11 or later. And then you still have to like break down all the election stuff and then return it. So there's a chance it wouldn't be done until like 2 a.m. Is there is there any portion of this which you mentioned before that you're going to be busy that day? Is there any portion of this which is as a distraction or is it like a civic duty or what what drives you to do this? Um, Mostly civic duty kind of sense in that like. The fewer poll workers you have, the fewer polling places you have, the more likely someone's vote's going to get disenfranchised because they like can't wait in line for the length of time that it's going to take them to get in there, or and it like just creates more or reduces the number of places that people can vote, which decreases the number of targets that if anybody wants to intimidate voters and disenfranchise them, like that's it's easier to do that when you have fewer voting sites, which hasn't really been a thing that's happened recently but uh there was a supreme court case that oh wait no was that supreme court case anyway there was a uh finding against the gop like 40 years ago or something where they did really some really shitty voter intimidation stuff um and they got a lot of restrictions placed on them and it worked and because it worked uh a court determined that it was no longer needed so yeah um We'll see how that goes this year, um, but that, but also like, it probably will be nice to have something to do throughout the day that's not like sitting there and refreshing five thirty eight all day. Yeah, and I think those are basically the the two things. They pay you like f- two hundred bucks, so that's a thing. Oh, does it come out to? I, I guess is it hourly or? I think I did the math on it. Like it's, I mean, it's like two hundred fifty dollars for the day, um, but. Because it's like you have to be there at six and it could run until like 2 a.m. Hourly rate's not good. Okay. I wouldn't recommend it as a full-time gig. Uh, Do you have something symbolic you're going to buy with that $200? No, I think I'm going to donate it. Oh, that's super cool. Um, But I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe you'll find something more interesting (laughs) to you than charity. (laughs) I'm going to donate it to a, I don't even know. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to donate it to Wegmans in return for a generous gift of um, groceries. Are, are y'all still trying to do... How often are you grocery shopping? 
about every three weeks with a couple of like interstitial wow. drop off like runs to uh local grocery stores that was we were doing every other week and that was killing me <laughs> it's it's like weirdly changed the way that we buy groceries because i used to be like our the grocery routine i had before was like on mondays or tuesdays or something i'd stop by reading terminal to get produce and then take the subway back to uh northern liberties and then stop at a grocery store here to get other stuff and then sometimes those two places wouldn't have everything so i'd go to a third the next day and it's like um yeah and i do that every week and now it's definitely not the case and honestly i think we might end up doing that like just go to wegman's once a month once every other month and buy a bunch of like shelf stable stuff and i'll just go get produce on mondays yeah that was we when we were doing every other week it was a lot of stuff starting to go a little bad in the fridge yeah that's or or like oh um or like god damn it <laughs> you go i'm gonna stay quiet uh or like see now i forgot <laughs> i can go if Stand you've forgotten off. yeah go for it um yeah no we or we like have um <laughs> i'm gonna steamroll now um we have uh similar kind of things where we're like if we get like asparagus brussels sprouts zucchini and something else we'll like by the time we end up eating three of the four vegetables the fourth will have like gone bad yeah um so it's usually like we can get down to one worst case that that turns the other thing for us is um i if i hit like one bad day because like I like doing cooking a lot, so like I end up doing a lot of the cooking, and um, if we hit like one bad day and just skip a meal and we do like an easy meal or pickup or something, then like we- everything is just somehow thrown off. Yeah. I-, I see this food in the fridge and I'm like, oh, there's a fucking cauliflower. <laughs> <laughs> we try to um, limit ourselves pretty strictly to only like getting takeout on the. Um on the weekends and do committing like that first week after we go grocery shopping to be like, this is all the fresh fruits and vegetables week. Um, and then we'll move to like package stuff after that and or frozen That's stuff. So cool. Eh, I mean, like it's, it's cool to an extent. Like I like not having to spend as much time grocery shopping. It's nice to have that time back for, I guess I don't really do much of anything, so I don't really know what I'm spending <laughs> it on. Um, but it's nice to have it back. But and yeah, where I do. Where does it go? <laughs> where does it go? Well, I mean, I know where it goes. I spent like a week and a week plus cataloging all of the different Legos that I have and measuring roughly the volumes that they occupy. So, like, that's where it went. That's where it always goes. Um, did you find any more ancient Legos? No, still, I only have the. Um, technically, it's four four of them. Um, when I was sorting through the Legos, I found two pieces that were um uh the first iteration of lego minifigures which are just like the um the guys that come with lego sets uh these ones are so old that they don't have like articulated feet uh, and they don't have it's just a brick and they don't have arms at all um and instead of like a tube where the <laughs> you head have goes them, on, you have them in your hand already oh yeah they're on my desk with my other uh right underneath my uh db9 db5 but yeah they're they're so old that they 
don't have like arms and hands to hold stuff. I think I, I looked it up and they they were only produced from like 75 to 78. So they're getting on 40. They're, they're over 40 years old. And then the plate that I have them on is a, um, cause like if you look at the bottom of a Lego plate, it's a bunch of like spots that you can put the Lego bricks and then like round circles that go in between them that if you offset the Legos, you, they can also fit in those holes. This one's different. It's just like a waffle on the bottom. So It's like an ice cube tray. Yeah, it's yeah. like an ice cube tray. So you can't offset the Legos and put them in like the holes that are halfway between the Lego studs. Um, and those bricks were only made until like, I think, 71 or something like that. So like these are old. How do you think you were, where did they come from? These were um, my aunts on um, my dad's side's kids' Legos, and I inherited them from, I guess, my cousins. So uh, that's where these ones came from. These were never, like, mine, and I didn't really know that I had these in my existence until a couple... I had these in my possession until a couple weeks ago. But yeah, they're neat. A piece of Lego history that probably no one else cares about. <laughs> I mean, I'm interested to listen to them. Well, a piece that few people uh, would recognize on site, I guess. Let's say. Oh, definitely wouldn't. I would. I. I would think it was weird that the legs didn't move apart. <laughs> I would more likely think they were not Lego toys and blocks. I would think that they were like some some dollar store version. The only thing, I mean, the dimensionally they're the same, but like the only thing that the only two things that are still like Legoy at all about them is. If you look really closely in like the studs inside of them, um, they say Lego on them, which is pretty much the only way that you can tell on some of these bricks. But then also like the quality of the plastic. Most of the knockoffs are like never hit the same quality of um, ABS that Lego uses. Do they have they always used ABS like even in the 70s and stuff? I'm pretty sure that they've always um, used ABS for the main bricks. There's some stuff that doesn't have ABS because it has to be flexible. But for the most part, I think it's always been ABS, although they're trying to transition away from that now. Why? Um, environmental concerns there, even though like Lego is the epitome of like an OK plastic product because it's like it lasts forever. It's designed to be like like these are 50 year old Legos that are still like they're not obsolete. They're compatible with modern Legos. They're high quality. No one throws them away. Like, they are plastic that will not end up in a landfill. Um, but even still, they're trying to um, take it and make it a more environmentally, like, um, renewable sourced uh, plastic, preferably something that they can make from, like, biologically derived carbon molecules. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's neat. They did that. They recently switched all the, um, like, the bags that the parts come in inside of sets went from plastic to uh, paper. So all the, like, they pretty much have moved out of single-use plastics entirely, which is neat. Uh, yeah, I definitely have thrown away Legos, though. I retract my statements. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was setting up DroidCam earlier, I did get to have the experience of finding out what it sounds like to drop a microphone on my head. <laughs> from the microphone's perspective uh how would you rate it pleasant uh, unpleasant from the microphone's perspective you know considering how grating my voice is kind of nice get a little <laughs> bit of revenge <laughs> <laughs>
not that there's an issue with vocal fry, but I know I do it a bunch, um, and I'm predisposed to dislike my own voice, and so I'm, I'm just happy for the microphone to get a little revenge. Hmm. Is disliking your own voice like a human reflex, that you're just not used to hearing it from an outside source reflected back at you? I think that's a part of it, but I also think that there's like a children hate broccoli and dentists and clowns kind of thing to it where you you have likely been told everyone does this many times before you've had too much direct experience with it mm. and so then then that adds on to it so you, you've been primed to not like your own voice i say absolutely yeah. yeah i'd buy that or you listen you're you're told by people because this was i guess my experience you're, and i like my voice now um but you've been told by people hey you're going to dislike this thing you know, at least once, and then you do it exactly once, and you're like, "Well, never doing that again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty convinced that if not for, and maybe this is bullshit, but I'm pretty convinced that if not for television telling me um, that vegetables were icky and that dentists were bad, that I would be much healthier in many ways. Uh, that's been another sin task. Has been um, for the last maybe three months of quarantine, my fucking wisdom teeth have started to hurt a little bit. Ooh. Yeah, I've got to get that taken care of someday. <laughs> but but for a while, it was, it was um you know, two weeks, maybe a month, and then quarantine's going to be over. And then you can go back to the joy of going and getting your wisdom teeth at best case looked at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, maybe finally getting something done about that tooth you've been missing for years. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say a, make a joke about self-care, but it just is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the only time that I've been like out somewhere without a mask on during quarantine was at the dentist. And it's weird. Even that felt a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, if you are someone who has a mental component to it, there's a definite mental component to it. Yeah, it, it's not like I was worried or anything. It was just like, it was unusual, you know? Yeah. I think that that was in August. At that point, it had been like five-ish months like that I hadn't been outside or in an establishment, I guess. Do we, do we want to kvetch about people who we don't think are doing their civic duty uh, re-COVID? <sighs> Or do we want a lighter topic? I mean, I think we can sum that up pretty quickly in that we all know and or see a bunch of people that uh, are gathering with too many people and or hanging out without masks on and or moving around geographically a lot when they don't need to. And it sucks a lot. Yeah. But also, I don't know if we need to. I'm down to move on to something more positive if you are. Can I actually can I actually get stuck on this for a minute? Of course. I feel like we have very very similar feelings here, but that I don't get many chances um when I'm not uh, opining to Marissa <laughs> to to really articulate what what feels like it shouldn't be that complicated a thought but ends up being that complicated a thought. <sighs> I have so much empathy and sympathy for everyone for covid it sucks so bad and i feel like there is a legitimacy to for my mental health i need to 
take this risk that does put everyone slightly more at risk, mostly myself, but also others. And I think that that is okay for people to do if people are rationing it well, I guess. Yes, no, maybe? I think that that makes sense. Um, That there's like certain things and activities you can do that are going to be less dangerous for you and other people. And maybe it's okay to do them in moderation. Yeah, and I don't even think maybe. I think that's, I think it's fine if you're trying. And I feel like we we make that we make that caveat for people when they're trying. And then there's just so many people who don't try. Yep, not at all. <laughs> just like completely ignore it. Right. It is. It is not literally killing me, but it is figuratively killing me. And unlike most things that figuratively kill me, carries a much larger chance of literally killing me. (laughs) Sadly. Um, But yeah, I agree. There's things like, I mean, in an ideal world, I like wouldn't have left my house for the past six months, but like we're going camping this weekend at multiple sites that we've reserved with like spreading ourselves out as much as possible and like picking a setting to hang out that's as pretty much as conducive you can be to isolation as possible. And I, I don't feel bad about it. No, it, it'll be fine. Like it, It's been six months. We have a pretty good understanding for the most part of how COVID spreads and it's not going to be a high risk time, relatively <laughs> speaking. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I just feel so upset. It sucks, man. Yeah. It's it's hard to it's hard to give everyone the benefit of the doubt and at the same time be like couldn't you try harder? Cuz I don't know, maybe maybe some of the people that I know that I don't think are trying are trying and like things are really hard. I don't know, but like it fucking sucks that we're all just going to be able to do shitty versions of everything for the next however long it is. Whereas if we all like did a better job in the past, if if there were things that individually we could have done better, if we did a better job in the past, then we could have been back to quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's like <sighs> early on when you'd see people taking off masks, like as soon as they'd leave a store or like putting them on as soon as they go into a store, I'd be like, well, this is the bare minimum of compliance and it's not really going to help that much. Yeah. And that like hasn't improved as things have gone on but <sighs> i also it's also just if it, it fucking sucks that like politically we're so impossibly unsupported yeah and yeah. so and so like basically what it becomes is like you're all trapped inside unless you choose to take the risk to make your life and everyone else's worse, but that's on you. It's not on the government for failing to help you and putting us putting you in that situation. It's not on the government for failing to educate you. It's on you. So like that's that's why I mostly feel bad when I get mad at other people. Is because I am mad at them, but I'm mostly not. Yeah, well, I am also mad at them. I'm also mad at them. It it also is it's different too when you like like if it's family or something and you see someone doing something and you know they know better because you've told them to do better. Yeah. Um, and like they don't. Like that's really frustrating. Yeah. <sighs> hey, Rob, what are you wearing? <laughs> is your hair longer than normal? I can't t- really tell. My hair is getting into a 
state that I'm not really sure what it is because I haven't gotten a haircut in a barber shop since last December. So I don't really know what this haircut is anymore. Um, it's uh, Jackie has been doing a very good job of cutting my hair and doing a much better job than I ever could. But it some days feels long and some days feels short. And that's, I think, a reflection on the insanity that quarantine causes more than anything else. <laughs> like, there's no way that Jackie cut my hair two weeks ago when it's already long. And yet some days it's like that. But it is a little long. But it, it is. But then, like, also, it's not in some no. ways. I don't know. It's you've got a you've got a little more like Nike swoosh in the front than you normally have. Uh, that's because I'm sponsored by Nike now. I have to grow oh. out my hair long enough that I can gel it into place and swoosh, and then they can market me as a several hundred dollar sneaker. <laughs> uh, I don't know enough about sneakers to make any fun jokes. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> Uh, what's this shirt is this lobsters this is lobsters on a v-neck t-shirt that's like kind of a, what color is this like a teal aquamarine kind of thing like a, a very light blue was that um, what you were to work uh well if you mean by work working from home yeah okay um all of my pajama clothes were in the wash so i had to wear real <laughs> clothes this week by real clothes i mean a different t-shirt an adult t-shirt an adult t-shirt um, and then aside from that, I have on a pair of linen shorts that I think I've had since high school that are finally getting a hole in them that I didn't notice when I went to go get a flu shot yesterday. Have we? We have not remarked upon this yet. Rob, those those pants are over a decade old. I think so. We have now crossed the line. I I potentially may have met you over a decade ago. It would be getting close to it. Well, materials camp. We were both at. It would have... That would have been weeks ago. Yeah, that would have been weeks ago. It would has potentially crossed the decade mark. I don't really remember if we met at Materials Camp, though. I don't know. I, I uh, out of a strong attempt to be a version of myself I liked better, tried to be as social as possible uh, when I came to Drexel. And so I was, I was really trying to be very sociable. I, I would have tried my best to introduce myself to you. But also, you were only a floor away in, in the dorm, so. If we hadn't, 10 years ago, if we hadn't already met, we would have met soon, so. Yes. Uh, what was your What was your room number? 1001. 1001. Yeah, oh, you had like a corner. I had a corner room by the stairwell. If you came out of the doors of the elevators and then made a right, I was down that way. I looked out over West Philly. Well, my window didn't, but that common room looked out over west philly trying to think now who that was on my floor that's not interesting but i'm trying to think about it (laughs) i think nick was like 903 i was 906 so we're on the same side of the football as you Mm -hmm. um just further down towards the other side Mm. our building for reference was basically shaped like a ps3 we were on the same side of it rob none of the none of the cool people who listen to our show are going to get that it was basically shaped like the new ps5 and nearly (laughs) as tall (laughs) Uh, let's see. What am I wearing? I am wearing a Patagonia hat that I dug out of my hat thing um, and have basically, it's been the only hat I've worn outside of work for like maybe five months now, I guess. This and my Phillies hat. Is there a reason you settled on the Patagonia hat? Uh, I think I had some outfit one day where I was like, I want this hat with it. And it had been a while since I wore it and then it just became the daily driver for me. 
Uh, at my last work, it was like kind of frowned upon for me to wear hats, but I did all the time anyway. Uh, but at my new job, we wear bump caps, which are like in between a hat and a helmet. Uh, it's like a little plastic insert that you can put into a hat. Um, and so I'm, I'm anytime I'm at work, I'm already wearing my bump cap because one hair and two, I'm, I don't want to forget it. Otherwise, I already have like 40 fucking accessories <laughs> that I have, I have to have with me when I'm when I'm working. Yeah, you sent a picture the other day uh, where you were more tool belt than man. It seemed like it's. I I was so socially nervous when I started wearing the like level of tool belt that I have now, <laughs> and I got a compliment on it the other day, and I felt so cool. <laughs> no, that's that's cool. I've never um, had like formal tool belts like that. Just like tools sticking out of pockets. Um, yeah. At one point, I had like a at my first co op, I had like a thirty foot extension cord that I would wear as like a bandolier because I'd have to carry it around with this like ridiculous two foot long grinder that I had to sling over my shoulder. That's a um, pretty cool look. It was probably not as cool as I thought it was. Oh no, definitely not. You were you were like nineteen or twenty, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I was twenty. I think I looked probably really cool. Yeah, no, you definitely didn't. And I I was not cool. I was covered in dirt. Um, <laughs> So sorry, I interrupted. I got you. As, you got no, as far no, as your but, hat. But when I when I uh, was when I first bought the tool belt, I let it sit for a month and a half because it felt like it was going to be throwing too much of a shape to put it on. You know, no, there's a lot of tools on there. I think it's it's merited. It's great. Yeah, and I've I've finally I think I'm really really narrowing in on um on exactly what tools go in what spots. So that's such a good feeling. Like when you yeah. have your um your tools really organized where you can just go by feel very good yeah it's it's great well just as a side note i think i've said this a couple times but work is going really well uh i like this job a bunch and i do good work and we make important and great products and i like working there i'm glad yeah i i have thought this is this has been one of those thoughts that you have and then you put in the corner because you don't want to think too much about it but God, if I were still at the Navy job that I hated, how how what the fuck would I be doing right now? I yeah, I think this that would not have been a um, helpful job for your mental health this year. No, not that it was a helpful job for your mental health <laughs> last year, but but we found a new bottom, and so <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm I'm wearing. At work, uh, we are supplied clothing to wear. Um, I have three T-shirts, which I wear on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, this is my Tuesday shirt. Uh, it's very nice laundry-wise to just know, like, ah, yes, I have to wash these six pieces of clothing every week. You know, five pairs and my pants, and I'm good. So you wear the shirt Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What are Thursday, Friday? Uh, three separate shirts, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So this particular shirt just says... Uh, I make things better in King of Prussia. Uh, make things better is First Quality's uh, slogan. Uh, oh, okay. Monday is safety day, so we recently all got like neon uh, shirts. So I wear that, um, and that's convenient because if I have to go into the warehouse, I don't need to put on a safety vest. I already have my like safety yellow on. Uh, and then Wednesday, I wear my athletic tee because uh, it looks nice and I like wearing t-shirts to work uh, but it's just like if they made sports jerseys 
into t-shirts for our company. That is what it is. Let's see. Thursday, I have a couple. I have like a polo and then a couple button-down work shirts, um, and I wear one of those. And then Friday, I wear some sort of a flannel because there's a weird... Friday is like casual Friday, but some people semi-aggressively refer to it as flannel Friday, but Hmm. not most people wear flannels, but also people say things that aren't made of flannel are flannels. And so it's very confusing, and I just try my best to not get noticed. (laughs) How long do you think before you... Will you ever feel comfortable bringing Hawaiian shirt Fridays? (sighs) I didn't this year. But like I said, I do a very I do a lot of good work. So I think next year I'm going to make a push starting on Memorial Day. Nice. It'd be a good summer thing. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. And uh, I, I got home and I didn't want to wear I was doing a lot of stuff where my pants got dirty today. So I didn't want to wear them sitting at the desk. And also I have still like jingly stuff on my belt that I wear home. So I just changed into my Hawaiian pajama shorts. Uh, and that's it for me. I'm, I'm barefoot Rob style. No socks. Uh, how do you feel? I've been meaning to ask you this, but I forgot to put it on the list. How do you feel about driving barefoot? Do not like it. Not a fan. Okay. I can drive in boots. I don't like to. I can drive in flip-flops. I don't like to. Both of those are made like exponentially more difficult driving stick. Um, I've driven... It's like having to work a clutch with your... like thigh instead of your calf is so much harder i've i have driven barefoot but very short distances and i don't enjoy it something just feels weird to it feels like that's gonna be the day that i get in like a terrible wreck and they're gonna be oh well he was driving barefoot of course that's the reason yeah um no i i dislike it so much that i um have a pair of like spare shoes in my car in my um, emergency stuff that has my tire inflator and my jump pack and everything um, that I could change into if I was wearing shoes that didn't really weren't conducive to driving and every time I look at them I think like what's the situation where this is useful like I'm either at my house and I can go put on another pair of shoes or I've gotten somewhere wearing a different pair of shoes like, I'm not really sure what the point of them is, but I'm not taking them out. <laughs> well, it's got it's got to be uh, when you have when your shoes get like soaked, right? Uh, Could be. Yeah. You probably wear sensible socks and know what the weather is going to be. No, so socks. that probably happens to you less. No, no socks. No socks. <laughs> I'm coming down firmly against socks now. Um, I guess it would work if like my shoes get soaked. Um. But honestly, I hadn't thought about it too much. What socks are you going to wear first? Oh, well, I mean, I did have to break my streak of wearing socks. Um, it was to go to a funeral. So it's a good reason. Um, oh, that's uh, that's terrible. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't great. Um, no funeral ever is really. But um, yeah. as far as the f- reasons, it's a pretty good reason to break a sock streak. Um, I did wear socks last week, the week before when it got cold on like a Sunday. Um, it was still chilly in the morning on Monday, and I put on like a pair of light hiker socks and a pair of sweatpants. Sensible. Yeah, it was cozy. It was nice. Uh, Rob, I, I feel like you're a master of many domains. There's there's things we can do a bad job of on this podcast. 
you know, like, we're, we'll do politics talk. We're not great at it. You're better than me. But I, the other day, I had this thought. And by the other day, I mean a month and a half ago. <laughs> and as soon as I had this thought, I just put it in the corner. I said to myself, Ian, you can't think about this. This is too good. You have to talk about this with Rob. I'm excited. I think we are we are uniquely qualified here on this show to discuss how we think the island of Sodor has been handling the pandemic. Okay. I don't think there's anyone I don't think there is anyone who is more qualified to talk about Thomas the Tank Engine and COVID. You you might be right. I think this mostly hinges on how self-sufficient the island of Sodor and the Isle of Man are. And I don't really know how self-sufficient the Isle of Man is right now. But if they could cut the link to the mainland, then they could live pretty well there and then they wouldn't have to have a lot of uh, interaction. I think they're kind of like a big tourist spot, right? Because no one's just riding the rails. What, in the Isle of Sodor? Island of Sodor? Uh, Give me a sec. I can't tell if it's on my end or your end, but I cannot hear you. Can you talk? Yes. Okay, cool. I can hear you again. Okay. Sorry, what did you say? Um, you asked if, uh, th- like, they're a big tourist spot, and I asked if you were referring to the Island of Sodor or the Isle of Man. Uh, I was referring to the... Uh, here is an example of how you're more qualified than me for this question. I don't even know how the Isle of Man plays into Thomas the Tank Engine. I was specifically thinking of the Island of Sodor. Uh, the Isle of Man is a real place, um, and in the sea between the Isle of Man and uh, Britain, um, I guess, is the fictitious Island of Sodor in Thomas the Tank Engine. And in real life, there's no bridges or anything connecting the Isle of Man to... The mainland, I'm pretty sure, but uh, in the fictitious one, there's bridges connecting Sodor to the mainland and then Sodor to the Isle of Man. Oh, I, I had not realized that at all. Mm-hmm. So, okay. s- sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I, 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 there's like farming on the island of Sodor. It's not really clear if they're um, self-sustaining. My gut is... Probably not, because it's never really shown that they have, like, vast fields of grain or, like, animals. It's usually, like, more niche things like tar and, like, (laughs) slate and whatever. A lot of coal, a lot of slate. Yeah, Yeah. whatever they need to make, like, a plot line work or something. Um, Giant boulders. They do have sheep sometimes. And, like, there are cows around, but I, I just, I don't get the feeling that there's enough of them to sustain um, the population there. Um, if, if I give you some characters, will you tell me, you know, it can be simple as yes or no, or you can elaborate a little if you want. Will you just tell me if you think they have caught COVID by now? Uh, I'll try my best. I'm not super well-versed in the human characters. But... Oh, no, no. Well, I don't know any other than uh, Sir Topham Hat. Oh, okay. But let's not, we can't start with the big guns. Let's just start with, um, how about Percy? Percy has caught COVID. Yeah. Oh no. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but like he bumbles into a lot of things. He really does. Okay. And like a lot of times he has to have someone else pull him out. Um, I have my read on Gordon. I, I want to know your. I want to know your opinion on Gordon. Gordon has taken every risk that you could possibly take and hasn't caught COVID somehow. Yes, <laughs> yes that was that was mine exactly. He is the Donald Trump of trains. Yep. He, he has done everything you shouldn't do and is just like, no, it's safe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he, he will is, live to be um, 800. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, all the engines that could have hauled an express in place of him are now sick, and he has profited from it, and he thinks <laughs> that it's maybe even a good thing. Uh, James. Hasn't caught it, thinks it's fake. <laughs> God, I'm so glad I did not think about this. I'm, I'm loving this. <laughs> Uh, what about specifically Diesel 10? Not Diesel, but Diesel 10. He is, he contains the lab where it was uh, engineered <laughs> in this universe. So, uh, is that Clarabelle would have the, would have the vaccine then? Who is, oh. who is the good train from Thomas and the Magic Railroad? I think your name might be Lady. Like it's, it's that oh. level of dumb. Yeah, I think it is Lady. Um, Probably. The, the smoke from her firebox is a, a cure. It's an anti-miasma. <laughs> All you have to do is breathe in a full lungful of train smoke. <laughs> Just stick your head right in the, the smokestack. Man, that movie was so scary when I was 12. When I was too old for that movie to be scary. <laughs> I mean, like, there's scary parts. Alec Baldwin threatens to kill Diesel 10. Like... I just, I just remember like going up the steps from my basement, just being like, "Oh, Diesel Ten's gonna fucking kill me." <laughs> it's a, it's a bizarre character. Yeah, no one would ever put a giant claw on the roof of a train. What is that? Uh, lots of people would put a giant claw on the top of a train. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> You're actually probably right. There are lots of people that would like that. <laughs> Give me a sec. I'm just looking up who voiced <laughs> Diesel 10. I'm clicking. Let's see. Oh, <laughs> you know it's not good when your third <laughs> when your third known for is Thomas and the Magic Railroad. I don't know this guy Ooh. from anything else. That's rough. All right. Um Sir Topham Hat. Mm, caught it, recovered, still isn't taking enough precautions to make sure everyone else gets it. Doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like either Edward or Henry, this is really boring maybe if you don't know the Thomas the Tank Engine <laughs> characters, but I feel like either Edward or Henry would have caught it twice. Mm. Like caught it, recovered, and then is like the only train to have caught it twice. I'm going to say Henry. Okay. I think he's more, he goes through more hardship and suffering <laughs> in a physical sense than well than Edward does. It is kind of weird how some, some of the trains just had shitty lives. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, and then lastly, Thomas, Donald, and Douglas. Wait, no. Oh. Thomas, Annie. Sorry, Thomas, Annie, and Clarabelle. I, can I do Thomas, Donald, and Douglas as a grouping? Actually? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, they, absolutely. They all. Um, they're, they're the really Scottish ones, right? Yes. Okay. Um, the Scottish twins. Uh, they all think it's real and post about it on steambook which is thomas facebook um all the time i'm glad you explained it because otherwise i wouldn't have understood it and they uh still go out to clubs anyway <laughs> annie and clarabelle uh catch it from thomas even though he's asymptomatic <laughs> they're out of work for three weeks <laughs>
Uh, do you have Do you have any uh, Do you have any conversational trains you would like to hop on, or should I keep driving? You can keep driving for now. I don't have anything particularly to to go down at the moment. Okay, this one's this one's not timely and thoroughly unimportant, <laughs> but I would like to call a shot. Okay. As as we've mentioned, it's September 29th, twenty twenty, um, and my shot is that five years from today, I will hear from someone who is not me that they were at a movie theater, and when the people on the screen clapped, someone else in the movie theater also clapped. Like. Like there are characters in the movie that are clapping and other people clap along with yes. them. Okay. I've de- I was thinking about this the other day. I think this is a really funny idea to whenever you see a movie and the characters in the movie all clap to also start clapping. Because <laughs> sometimes people clap at the end of movies, but I want during the movie when something happens and the characters clap, I'm going to start clapping whenever, whenever there are movies. <laughs> see, I mean, I do this... When I'm at home watching like a bad movie, but I don't do it in theaters when I'm watching a movie that might be good or bad. You clap with the characters when they clap or like you clap during a during a guttural laugh. Oh, no. Like um, if they're like if I'm watching a bad movie and like the main character does something and a whole bunch of other characters are applauding them, I'll be like. Oh, yes. Okay. yes. So we're already (laughs) we're already on our way there. But no, I just I. I would be so self-conscious doing that in a theater. I'm going to start going for it. I figure, what, a year, year and a half, seven years until I'm able to go to a movie theater. And then once I'm able to go to a movie theater, I'm going to be clapping. <laughs> and I hope that it's funny enough that other people start doing it also. And that it becomes maybe just like a small thing that a couple <laughs> people do. Um, I think I have to be um, recused from this called shot i think i've been influenced too much but okay i'm i'm excited i'm excited to see how this plays out i I can't wait for five years from now for so many reasons (laughs) me too because it it couldn't get worse (laughs) (laughs) if i could maybe jump to five years from now and it was better i would clap at every movie that i'm going to see (laughs) in every movie that i'm going to see what if that's the what if that's how we get there? Um just making ourselves feel better by clapping in the movies? Okay. Yeah. You know, just a little a little You know what? That was pretty great. <laughs> when when the new Iron Man punched the new Captain America, but the Captain America was a bad guy. That was pretty great. I'm going to clap that too. That was pretty good. I'm just going to right in the middle just Yeah. Bravo. <laughs> um man, I wonder if Marvel movies will still be a thing. I feel like we've got to be past peak Marvel, right? I think so, because they didn't really seem like they had a a coherent strategy moving forward for what they wanted to do with, like, an MCU-style franchise. And there's, I feel like it was such a strange confluence of things that made the Avengers-style MCU workable. Like, I don't know if they'll be able to pull that off again. It, It feels like one of those Beatles things, like... They can't pull it off again because they were the first ones to pull it off. And because they were the first ones to pull it off, everyone had to see it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like we're past peak Marvel front and center in pop culture, but it's ingrained enough now that it'll become something more akin to like how Star Wars is now omnipresent. Like it's always yeah. going to be there. Um, yeah. 
Which I guess that's not something I would have said, I don't know, early 2000s, actually. Back before Disney owned everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, back when you had three very bad prequels that were like holding up the franchise and you're like, (laughs) maybe it's okay if this goes away. See, that's what you get for underestimating the power of boomer nostalgia. (laughs) It's reverse broccoli. I was told I would like Star Wars. And I mean, I don't dislike Star Wars. I just think that it's like overrated. I feel like I probably need to watch it again. But also, do I really need to watch it again? I really don't. I mean, I still haven't even seen episode nine. I just want to watch like certain parts of episode eight, honestly. (sighs) I just want to watch Laura Dern fly a spaceship through another spaceship. Yeah. I saw I saw literally yesterday that when when she shoots the blaster, like it must be just a couple scenes before that. She literally says pew. I know it's so good. (laughs) I didn't know that before, which I can't falter. Like if I was firing a blaster in star wars i'd be hard pressed not to say pew as i shot it yeah if i were firing a blaster in real life i'd be hard pressed not to say pew i think i'd be scared yeah honestly. i guess too scared I'd to say pew probably be killing someone yeah even target shooting i don't because <laughs> if you say pew then everyone's gonna make fun of you for not taking it <laughs> super seriously uh clear eyes full hearts can't pew is that anything <laughs> that's I don't, I don't, I don't know. Mm. I don't, it's Friday Night Lights, maybe? I don't yeah. know. Okay. Friday our... Night Lightsaber? There we go. There we go. That's something. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> Anakin uh, doesn't have the midichlorian count that Qui-Gon thought he'd have, um, but he goes to play uh, peewee football for the Coruscant Ewoks. There's got, there's got to be like a Waterboy remake with, jar jar right i hope not like shot for shot i really hope not can you imagine like i can imagine like worse combinations but that's up there is it is it weird that adam sandler waterboy is less racially insensitive than jar jar yeah (laughs) than this major major motion picture that is like a staple of science fiction yeah it's weird (laughs) It's weird and bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting here whether, debating whether or not to, to say poodoo or not. I'm so glad I don't remember most of those movies. <laughs> oh. Bunch of poodoo. <laughs> uh, I bought a thing. What is it? What'd you get? I thought about this for like a year and a half before I bought it, which given it wasn't a menial sum of money. But given that it costs like a hundred bucks, if it were something I really cared about, I could have bought it a year and a half ago. But you know, it's it's quarantine. We're not seeing people, trying to stay active. So I went ahead and I finally bought that skateboard I've been thinking about for a year and a half. You're talking to a skater boy, baby. Whoa. I own skateboards as a children and spent many hours uh, of my life playing Tony Hawk. Do you already know how to skateboard or are you going to learn? Let's see. I played I played two, three, four, underground, underground two, and a little bit of downhill jam and a little bit of skate, which isn't a Tony Hawk team. So you're but. pretty you pretty much already know how to skateboard. Yeah, no, no, no. I get on my board and then I try and figure out how to uh, press B and to the right to kickflip. 
Mm-hmm. And you press forward and back to do a nose manual? Uh, or is it back forward? I don't remember. I think it's forward to back. That sounds right. Like you're rocking your weight forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I bought a skateboard and I'm I'm trying really hard not to just be ironic about it. Um, I'm really scared to be putting myself out there and attempting to learn a new activity. <laughs> Good for you, man. I like skateboarding is something that I've always wanted to be able to do, especially like since I can snowboard fairly well. I, you'd think like, oh, it would transfer, but it really doesn't. At least for me. I, I would have no idea whether it transfers or not. The only time I've tried snowboarding several times, uh, it's just handed me my ass repeatedly. <laughs> the nice thing about that, at least, is that there's snow. The skateboard freaks me out so much with it being like on pavement. <laughs> but like at least on a snowboard, your feet are strapped into bindings. Like I can't... The couple of times I've tried to like push on a skateboard, I just like fall because i'm so used to being having the resistance of the bindings on my front foot to keep me in place so what you need is duct tape there you go that's safe or you know what why don't i just drill some holes to mount my bindings on the skateboard i mean you totally could you could but just because you could doesn't mean you should (laughs) and yet i bought this skateboard (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, so I, I thought about it for like a year and a half. There used to be, when I would walk to lunch uh, at the Navy Yard, there were these two guys who would just, during lunchtime, practice skateboarding in one of the parking lots. And they sucked for like the years that I watched, <laughs> that I watched them try and do stuff. Um, but it, it always just kind of seemed cool. Not, not even cool. It seemed kind of fun to me. So I finally decided to take the plunge. Uh, I have skateboarded for maybe an hour and a half collectively since then, uh, like a week and a half ago. <sighs> but I am excited to try, I guess. Um, how do you like it so far? How's it going? So far, I am literally just trying to push around in a circle to go to a parking lot and say, I am on this board and I will not die. It's a good start. That's farther than I've ever made it. I've got some good news for you if you want it. I am going to bring my skateboard camping. Ooh. Now, hopefully there's a paved area. I don't, um, yeah, I don't know. I am very interested to try it. <sighs> but yeah, uh, I had maybe the worst possible experience the, f- the first two times so far that I've been out. Uh, one of them, I tried skateboarding on American Street, fell over, kicked my skateboard <laughs> into the street, and it almost got run over by a car. No. <laughs> <laughs> And that was just on my way home from the shop. And then the other time I was like getting ready to leave and I was like fucking around on the board and not even doing stuff. And then my neighbors who like I'm always standoffish with because I forget their names all the time, like came through the parking lot for no good reason. <laughs> this is like blocks from my house. They were just like, oh, hey, we're here. Just driving through. No, just walking. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I thought you meant driving through the park. No, no, no. They were just uh, they were just like on a walk, and, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, hey, I was leaving anyway because I was." But <laughs> <laughs> but now it looks suspicious. Yeah, it looks like I'm just thoroughly self conscious. I am, but coincidentally, <laughs> I was leaving. <laughs> That's cool. Like the closest I've gotten to ever skateboarding was I bought this board that. Um, was supposed to mimic snowboarding but on a street it had like the trucks were super wide and they didn't always make contact with the ground and you normally rode on these two centering caster wheels underneath so you could actually like carve oh that's cool um 
sounds super cool, but then you realize that like that means that you can catch a front edge on when you're carving on asphalt and just like face plant. And it's like I made it about five feet and just got off. I was like, I'm putting this in the basement and I'm never touching it again. <laughs> we had this terrible skateboard, which was so normal skateboard. You've got the deck and then underneath the wheels come straight down and then out to the left and out to the right. You have the two wheels, right? Mm-hmm. On on this skateboard, you had the deck and then it comes down. And then instead of two wheels to the sides, there was a semicircle of like eight wheels. Oh, you had them? I Like I've heard about that board, but I've never seen one in person. Uh, my mom was an avid QVC shopper. So let me tell you, my brother and I fell on this thing. Evan broke an iPod um, and, <laughs> and we let it just rot in the rain. It didn't seem like a very controllable board when I saw pictures of it. It seems like if you knew how to skateboard, it would be a cool thing. But not knowing how to skateboard, it just took away the ability to even move (laughs) in a straight line. (laughs) Just straight down. Yeah. (laughs) So I've been like journaling throughout quarantine and I'm coming up on maybe three quarters of the way through my second book. Wow. But I've like gotten more accepting of like allowing myself to miss days. I think since like the last time we talked about it, I'd missed two days. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. since then, I think I've missed three, including like I spent an entire weekend where I just like forgot. But it's fine. I don't feel pressure about that anymore, which is nice. That's so cool. Yeah, no, it feels good to have gotten to a spot where I'm more like still doing it, but not neurotic about it i guess i mean that seems like the place to be right yeah i'm i'm still a little like i don't know how to go once people are back to working in offices because like part of my time is just like i'll just grab it and start writing during the day and i don't know how that'll play in an office although i can probably always play it off like i'm writing down notes or something i also i think we're at the point uh where literally everyone is on their phone all the time and also i assume that you're a pretty like competent diligent worker i hope so i hope that that's made it across yeah <laughs> to my work but yeah like i i think that stopping to take five minutes to write something in a journal wouldn't be concerning to anyone do you think you'll have less to write or more to write or like it depends. by the time that you're back in an office scenario it depends if things get better or worse <laughs> um if we found the bottom then i'll have less to write <laughs> um but if not i guess i'll have more Like the days when I have the most to write in here are the days when things are like worst in the world. If you don't mind my asking, what is the day that you've had the most to write? Following the protests in June in Philly Mm -hmm. when like people were getting tear gassed. I think I wrote 10 pages that day. (sighs) Um, And then since then, I've had days where I've hit like maybe four, five, six. But I think these pages are also ruled slightly larger or something. So I'd write less on a page. How much did you write today? Or did you write today even? Two pages, I think. Two pages is pretty normal. Two pages is like a page, two pages normal. Four pages is like a day where big news breaks. Like when, um, actually, no, there's only two days for that. Um, But like big news is like three, four pages. Say I wrote a page and a half. Yeah. Do you do you like go back through and read it or 
I haven't in a while, but I do sometimes. What are you What are you trying to get out of it when you do? I want to see like thought processes, particularly like with the progression of COVID. Like if I look back to my other notebook, I have notes saying that like, oh, clearly this is spreading in the U.S. with an exponential growth right now. When we had two thousand active cases, and I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't wrong, but like. The element, like the level of shock there is, it feels out of place compared to what we currently have going on. But it it mostly is things like that. And then it slowly morphed. It's morphed more into politics than COVID now. Yeah, it it does seem like we're just going to kill 2000 people every day. Like we're we're just kind of settled on that, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's hard to like, there's not much to report there. Yeah. to have something to write in there when we pass like a I've been recording like five and ten thousand death increment margins normally. And if there's like vaccine news, I'll put that in. But that's about it. There's usually not much else. That's as far as COVID goes. Just, yeah. just that like a new 10,000 people are dying regularly enough for you to be like, yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not going to write down every couple thousand people that die. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I had like daily running counts at the start but then it just like yeah yeah it sucks uh, so are you writing like a couple minutes during the workday? are you writing multiple times per day is it like the same time every day like when do you write and how much usually like in the morning i'll write a, a, about a page or something maybe two pages um, i usually only write like once a day twice or something if like I think of something randomly like I think I only wrote once today but like usually I'll come across like an article or something I want to write about while I'm also staring at my phone all day (laughs) I'll like stop and go write something down there has your has your like phone use changed during COVID at all yeah I'd use my phone more I feel like I do too I feel like I'm just a little more broken a little more using my phone a little more yeah, I mean, but also I think it's like, like in an office, there's also just downtime that's taken up with neither like working or being on your phone or like doing anything. The cliched like water cooler kind of conversations where you're just hanging out with coworkers. I feel like it's sort of taken the place of that. I hate how like uncontrollable it feels for me. Use of your phone? Yeah. Yeah, it, that gets to me when I like, don't have anything I want to do and I'm still like on my phone. Yeah. Like this is bringing me no joy. It sucks too. Cause like I've tried to find like just a simple game to throw on there that would keep me busy in the times that I'm just looking for something to do, but have run out of news feeds to scroll through. Ugh. And the only one I found that like is engaging enough to me for me to keep on my phone is fallout shelter, but it's also <laughs> way too engaging. And it like, it just consumes my life when I'm playing it, so I had to make a firm decision to never install it again. Yeah, believe me, I I understand. It's why I don't have Hearthstone. It's why I haven't even tempted to download Slay the Spire. It's just like even if it's the kind of game that's not like, I'm, I mean, I don't play Hearthstone or Slay the Spire, but like Fallout Shelter has the kind of microtransaction sort of thing where you could put a lot of money into it. Mm-hmm. But even if you don't do that, it's still like. An addictive game like i don't like that i don't yeah. 
See, I don't keep any of those addictive games on my phone. I just go from Twitter to Discord to Twitter to Discord to that other Discord <laughs> to Twitter to Discord. Yep, just hop back and forth, hop back and forth. Yeah. Well, sometimes, here's the thing. Sometimes something happens on Twitter that I want to post on Discord, and sometimes someone posts a link from Discord to Twitter. So It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. Now, I spent a lot of today on my phone looking at uh, like wireless headphones with mic booms because I'd kind of like to replace the one I'm wearing now because this trails down over here and I know it's only a matter of time before I accidentally rip it out of the jacks on top of my computer. And I spent all day looking and I know at this point that they all look like ridiculous Transformers garbage you stick on your head because they're all like major league gaming influenced at this point. And I'm still there scrolling through endless pages of them. I'm like, uh. well, on the bright side, you have no way to know what the actual quality of any of them is based on the reviews. Yep. Um, I really just want like a nice pair of headphones that also have a good mic. And I don't think that exists. And I just want it to look normal. Anyway, this has been uh, Friend Diagram. Uh, Thank you this and every week to our friend Danny uh, for giving us the bleeps and bloops that we play when the size have gotten too heavy. Uh, Thank you this and every week to Mochi Mochi Records and Slow Club for use of our theme song, Our Most Brilliant Friends. Uh, And I think that's that's all the thanks. Call into our election hotline at 215-650-7397. And thanks to Jenna for designing our stickers. Email us at frienddiagram at gmail.com, and we'll send you a sticker for your cool adult skateboard. Uh, and uh, like, like uh, you know, like every week, this is a learning program. Um, sometimes I learn whether or not Rob plays in Black Hole Sun. I don't play in Black Hole Sun. Do you play in Black Hole Sun? No, I knew that. I, it was a trick question. Um, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot this week. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, this is a learning program. <laughs> Uh, and so at the end of the show, we like to say something we learned. Rob, uh, do you do you have anything that comes to mind or should I start? I learned that you're uh, trying to pick up new activity and that it's skateboarding. That's pretty cool. I'm so scared. <laughs> it is. It is so hard for me to not. There's a lot of like internal internal luggage to unpack internal dealings around anytime I start an activity and just have to think about every activity that I have dropped. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's definitely like, I I feel that trying to like overcome the mental, like lack of momentum and be like, Oh, it's, I'm going to end up doing the same thing that I did with the other ones and not see this through. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, related before we move on. No, totally. Um, when you said that um, Evan fell and broke an eye, and then before we finished pod, I was like, hold, Evan broke an eye? <laughs> How do you break an eye? But thankfully, just an iPod. Uh, it was an iPod Touch, which is the worst. Oh, my it's goodness. the worst one to break. Oh, it's all screen. It's all broken. Oh. Uh, I learned this week uh, that Legos are made from ABS. Uh, which I did not know. I probably learned at some point, but did not actively know. Uh, and that Lego is trying to move to something greener because as long as they're making tons of plastic, uh, that will never get thrown away. They'll at least make plastic that, you know, 50 years from now, Rob won't be able to find interesting. <laughs> I mean, I'll be pretty old 50 years from now. <laughs> Hopefully I'll still be 
with it enough at 79 to be interested in my old legos or who knows what uninteresting bullshit will be interesting to you (laughs) that's true a whole new realm of old person bullshit to be interested in (laughs) okay uh this was a lot of fun i was happy to catch up with you uh thanks for your time rob good night of course night ian bye